Welcome in to another edition of, or it's actually the last edition of the Scoot Live. People are going to get scared when you're saying that. Yeah, it is the last edition of the name, the Scoot Live. We will be under a new moniker. Shout out to um, our guru of everything, Michelle Hillison. She will be knocking out some great graphics. Um, We'll have a new name next week and going forward. But I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Don Callahan. Thank you for those of you that have chosen to spend your Wednesday at noon with us on the Scoot Live. Sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Don, normally we have a pregame talk and we map out what we're going to talk about. But as I said earlier, it's my birthday today. And no, I'm not 63 years old like Joey Powell had to post on Twitter and defame me, even though I'd look pretty strong for 63. Not there yet. Uh, May 10th is my birthday, and I was outside getting a cake from a friend of mine that surprised me. So no pregame speech done. So getting into this right now, we want to talk about your most recent or your first mock class of 2024 the 2024 recruiting class for north carolina football well can we before we got we got to talk about we got a top five that's going to be at the end of this yeah am i the host or you the host would you prefer to be the host i'm just i just you know with your old age you've already become forgetful (laughs) and we got a we got an mvp that we got to honor okay here's what we do we're going to talk mock class we're going to honor last week's chat mvp Shout out to um, whoever that may be. We'll release that later. And we're going to do top five actors that we talked about um, at the end of last show. <clears throat> and Scott Dawson, if you need somebody to Airbnb out at Outer Banks, feel free to send information, my friend. He is on the Outer Banks watching us. I'm sure it's beautiful out there. It's certainly beautiful around He should invite you to wherever he's staying at since it's your birthday. Yeah, I'll be glad to do this show from uh, the porch of a cottage on the beach somewhere. I'll be glad to. We'll do it there. Um, we'll be the traveling circus that is Don and Tommy. Let's uh, let's get into it. So we've covered it. Mock class, top mm-hmm. five actors to end. We're going to honor our chat MVP. Well, let's honor the chat MVP. Alan Today? Minton. Yeah, right Alan? now. Okay. Well, last week, last week was Alan Minton. Minton. So thank you, Alan, for your participation last week. It was, it was uh, appreciated. And so I'm dedicating this podcast to Alan. So Alan, if you're, is Alan even in here? Uh, I am sure that Alan will be around. If he's not, he will certainly hear this. Okay. And and Don is dedicating the chat. So better be a good one, Don. When you start dedicating stuff to people, you can't you All can't right. like you can't like dedicate a, a tree in a garden to somebody. It's got to be a, a major. Uh, podcast especially if you look at the chat now we got boss man el jefe el presidente in the chat too watching us the wise and powerful buck sanders yeah so we're going to shout out johnny t-shirt and we're going to get into it don your mock class threads on tar pit premium message boards over the years have been probably the most popular most controversial um, most talked about most commented on 
threads there. And mm-hmm. this week, or I guess yesterday, you released Mach 1.0 for the 2024 class. Now, before we get into the nuts and bolts of that, and folks on the Tar Pit Premium Message Board need to check it out, um, we're not going to talk about it person for person or player for player on here um, because it is premium content, though I do find it interesting that premium content from Inside Carolina winds up as a uh, other content on Twitter and other social media, but we're not doing that here. Or we're staying, other websites. Yeah, on other websites. So we're staying That's faithful to the cause. So check it out if you haven't read it. It's, it's right above, at the moment, the thread for this show. But Don, the origins of the mock class and how you got started in that, and then I want to ask you about the process of getting there, but go. Yeah, so I have actually, to, to better cover recruiting for my own purposes i've been doing a mock class my own personal mock class for years i I believe it started early early in fedora's tenure maybe it was a little bit before that but i always just had a mock class up i am a big have you ever heard of google keep i think so but you can tell me about it it, it's just a it's just like a notepad sort of thing it Mm. syncs it's great I, my wife and I use it for the grocery list. So, you know, like she could be on the road heading to the grocery store and I can send her a message like, you know, Tommy was here, used all the toilet paper. So we need some toilet paper, add that to the list sort of thing. Anyway, so I always have a Google keep up. The first, I guess, note, I guess, is my mock class with all the positions and all my projections. I've been forever updating it you know, when I get new information, when I talk to somebody, if some sort of thought arises, that sort of thing. And then I guess midway through Fedora's tenure, uh, Ben and I were talking about different ideas, Ben Sherman, that is. um, And I came out with that, um, just kind of using that as an idea. We knew it was going to cause some pushback and you're always worried about, you know, unintended consequences. But for the most part, there's been a lot of positive feedback on it and i think people want it more frequently but you know um we try to keep it special so you released this first one on may 9th signing Mm -hmm. day is what december 20th something first Mm -hmm. signing day so roughly seven months out um why now for for mock 1.0 and Obviously, there's plenty of commits, especially since Mac Brown's been at North Carolina. The commits come earlier and earlier. He wants to lock up a class as soon as possible. But, but why, why in May? And why not start it a little bit later in the summer after camps have shaken out and all that? So I wanted to release it after I finished the position-by-position position recruiting board breakdown just because it kind of gave people a good starting point. So everyone was familiar. If you read those you're familiar with just the pool of targets at each position. Obviously the earlier ones are a little bit, a little bit out of date. I did the, the defensive back one, the last one last week. Um, so, but also it's, we're at the point in the cycle where we have a, a good amount of information. We probably, you know, to be honest in a vacuum, I had enough information probably like a month or more ago to do the first one but we had a lot of other stuff that we wanted to put into the weekly scoops. But um, you, I definitely want to get it done, at least the first one. I'd love to get at least two done. That's probably not going to happen before June because J- June is when 
a lot of things get rocking and rolling with the official visits. So when you when you look at it, you put this one out, and I meant to tell you beforehand, but we said we weren't going to talk before this show. What is the best percentage hit rate on Mox 1.0 that you've ever had? Oh, that's that's something I'd have to look back on. I know that I don't know if it was last year or the year before. Maybe it was, I think it was last year. There was a couple of people who kind of attacked me a little bit on just my per, projections. And Ben Sherman, my hero, came to uh, my rescue and actually went back and looked at the last couple and kind of laid it out there. And my hit rate was actually, you know, a, a number that I was definitely proud of. I can't remember exactly what it was. He posted it on a on a on the message board. I'm sure we could find it if we really dig. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something I need to look back on. I can tell you though that, I mean, a lot of work goes into it and a lot of people with a lot of knowledge about what's going on are consulted to help me put this together. So I'm not just picking names out of a hat um, with a lot of these things. Now, the caveat always is, is, is that there's a very good chance North Carolina is going to offer additional players and how in the world can I consider them for the, for the mock class? If I don't even know if North Carolina is going to offer them or not, we're dealing with high school teenagers you know what it's like with teenage boys. I mean, they're all a little bit all over the place. A lot of things can happen. A lot, you know, schools can drop kids and all of a sudden they become options for, for North Carolina. North Carolina could drop a kid that they were, I mean, there's so many different things that can happen between now and, and February. What's the uh, craziest thing you've heard from a, a message board poster directed towards you um, when you drop this stuff? <sighs> I mean, I think it's just, other than go it. back, go back to Philadelphia. And pull <laughs> you know, everybody's always been nice. No one has ever told me to go back to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Philadelphia wants me back, um, but it's just usually, it's like everything else with, you know, it, when, when a, a story from an outside source is posted on inside Carolina, you can always read by tell by the headline, whether it, whether that story is pro UNC or against UNC, based off of what that poster had a post, you know, cause obviously if, if it's pro UNC, it's the greatest story ever. If it's against UNC, then this writer doesn't know what they're talking about. It's kind of sort of the same thing. If I don't project somebody in the mock class that the, you know, the poster is hopeful would be a part of this class, then I'm going to get dogged a little bit. Um, and it is what it is. But like I said, I mean, it's, I have, I'm definitely not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. I'm trying to get the projections correct. And, you know, and that's, that's my goal with it. But yeah, it's just usually just push back on, on somebody who's not included and telling me, Oh, well you wait, they're going to be, they're going to sign with North Carolina sort of thing. And there's been times where I've been wrong. So it happens. Yeah. I mean, you're never wrong if you don't put an opinion out there or make a choice. That's right. uh, you know what I've always said about squirrels and all. You got to make a decision. If you don't, you end up flat in the road. Uh, That's right. You you you're good at putting them together. Um, what's the hardest part about doing this, other than the the nature of teenage um, <laughs> athletes? Uh, I mean, clearly you include all of Carolina commits on there. Yeah. Which which ultimately that can change. Yeah. Um. But but what's what's the the biggest challenge? 
um, this day and age. We talked about a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the official visit deal and, and how mm-hmm. now they're unlimited. Those schools like Carolina are still limited by the number they can give, but guys can go on official visits, you know, forever these days uh, from a player standpoint. Does that make this stuff harder for you? I think. Yeah, I think what for me, the hardest part comes into situations where I'm like, all right, UNC needs you. I know UNC is targeting, let's say, hypothetically, four DBs. One, they have one committed. I'm completely making this up because obviously UNC has two committed. One committed. There's two guys that UNC is a really good spot with. And then there's like no clear guy for that fourth spot, but there's like, Three guys who have not visited, have expressed a desire to visit, you know, they're further away. They're all either in Georgia or Florida. How do I make that determination? So there's a lot of times where I'm just like, you know, I, I am kind of just, you know, reading what I can to, to figure out what, how to throw, you know, who to put in there. You know, that sort of thing can be, can be difficult. Or I think specific to this most recent one, you know, um, there were a couple, you know, I guess, you know, bring it back to the DB. I mean, um, there were, there were a couple different, or let me, let me just go to linebacker, for example. Okay. So linebacker, we have one committed North Carolina will take not, they, they could take, well, they want to take at least one, but they're willing to take two. Right. And just that willingness to take a second one further complicates my, the situation that I'm in. And then if we're looking at the candidates, there's three, there's, there's Bodie Calhoun, a uh, linebacker from um, Northern Virginia. There's Ashton Woods, linebacker from Georgia. And there's Cruz Law, who is a linebacker from Tennessee. All three guys have visited North Carolina at least once, maybe twice this offseason. All three have official visits scheduled for June, right? Mm-hmm. They have each one has different connections. Some of them have friends who are committed there, some of them friends on the team, that sort of thing. And so I got to make a call on, do I want to take two of those guys, project two of those guys, which two are they going to be? Am I just going to go with one? Which one is it going to be? I went with, you know, just to kind of throw it out there, Cruz Law, but I'm not, I mean, it would not shock me if it's Ashton Woods. It would not shock shock me if uh, Bodie Calhoun commits in early June and then, you know, Cruz Law commits at the end of June and then, you know, and they're done. I mean, there's just so many different scenarios to play out. You know, and that's kind of the p- fun part of this. So how many offers, um, ballpark the number of offers that Carolina has on the table at this time of year? Are you talking about offers? So, so guys have actually offered or guys that um, that UNC is has offered and is in play for? How many? Let's start from the top. Total number of offers out roughly – that uh, North Carolina has on the table, in play or out of play, all right, whatever. So, but they've offered. I'm trying to actually do this. I know this is this is not great radio, so uh, or whatever this is. Pi one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, God, we're talking probably about. Let me just do this math real quick. <laughs> Looking at. Uh, I, I'll help you while you're doing that. Looking at your linebackers only, uh-huh. and, and another great um, resource that folks often overlook, I know I do at times, is your football recruiting board that is on the message board. It's, it's the bottom pin thread on the message board. 
that is the primo spot to go for football recruiting information. You can see everything we're talking about here. You can see everything um, referenced. You know, Don even does it up with little fancy icons signifying whether they've been to a game or visiting somewhere else or attending camp. But go there, and then you've got your commits, and then you've got position-by-position breakdown for whatever class you want to look at. And one of the interesting parts of that is Don continues to do the math, and I'll freely admit. Oh, I'm I'm good now, but go ahead. I just wanted you to finish. Well, you've got – each position is broken down. So so I'll just refer to the linebackers so folks will know. You've got a scholarship count where it breaks down scholarships for everybody currently on the team when they'll be gone or or when – um, they're expected to be gone. And then you've got prospects with North Carolina offers. And you mentioned these guys. You mentioned, um, you know, Cahoon, Woods, Cruz Law. Great name, by the way, Cruz Law. I mean, that, he's got two last names. Um, you can't go wrong with two last names. Two first names are trouble. Yeah. Um, which is what I have. But anyway, you've got those. And then you've got down at the bottom, maybe guys that aren't list, aren't offered, prospects that are offered that are not listing North Carolina and then committed elsewhere. So just a wealth of uh, information, just position by position there. So back to the question, as I've stalled long enough, how many <laughs> offers, active offers, does North Carolina have out so on their class of 24? I, I, I estimate we'll say 135 that they have sent out. It's, 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 it's actually more than that. Um, but it's about 135. Now, if we go and we just exclude everybody who's committed elsewhere, guys who have eliminated North Carolina, um, that brings, and this is not uncommon. This is, well, I I shouldn't say, yeah. I mean, for for the most part, a lot of programs offer, there's programs that offer way more than this. I mean, I, I would guess that like South Carolina and Tennessee, you know, offer way more, you know, probably closer to 300, if not higher, but, um, as far as like the, the actual pool of guys that UNC is legitimately still involved with, still talking to, we're down to 38 right now. So 38 active offers. So actually, you know um, what? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that excludes, actually, you know what, man? We'll say ish. That covers it. Yeah, yeah, ish. yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing's absolute. But let me ask you this question here. Define committable and non-committable offers because that is a huge thing discussed on the message boards. And if Tennessee and South Carolina or whoever else you want to talk about offers 300 kids, clearly they're not going to take that many. They can't. So what does it mean to be to have an offer versus what does it mean to have an offer but it's not committable? Like we want you, but not quite yet because we want you, Tommy. But we prefer Don at this position. We're going to wait and see what Don does. Yeah. Let me go. Let me, those numbers. Well, the last number I gave you is probably wrong. I think it's actually closer to maybe closer by 50 or 60 of guys at UNC, including UNC commits. The other yeah. one number was not including UNC. Anyway. All right. So committable and non committable. So, you know, basically whether you can commit or not. And so the, the thing is, is that, and this is not. So if you if you give an offer if if, a, if an offer is given to a kid, you know there are that offer might you know, might not be live forever for a lot of different reasons. It could be additional information was found out academic wise. Usually UNC does a really good job of 
of vetting that stuff beforehand so they're not sending out offers um, to guys that they don't intend on taking commitments from. You know, I mean, you have a, a limited amount of spots that you want to take at a particular position. But, you know, I think the rule of thumb a lot of people use is four offers per spot. I think North Carolina does, you know, less than that. But so let's say that you want, I mean, we're looking at this situation. We brought the linebacker situation. This is a smaller scale version, but they want, you know, two to um, one to two more guys. Well, they have three that they're recruiting. Now there's a lot of different situations where the number is much larger than that. So obviously if um, Cahoon and Cruz law committed today, then Ashton Woods offer would likely be uncommittable, you know, sort of thing. And and that's what happens with that. So now this is not Carolina specific. I mean, this is no, no, no. And so everywhere. And yeah. And and, and a lot of other, so the thing is a lot of other programs are a lot more um, careless with the offers. There's a lot of, a lot of programs that will offer a kid because they know it will entice them to, um, to visit. And then once they visit, that's when they kind of make their decision sort of thing. North Carolina tries to avoid that. And North Carolina is um, extra specially um, careful with in-state kids. And that's why some fans might get, get, I guess, a little irritated that an in-state kid took them so long to offer an in-state kid. But, you know, they don't want to burn any bridges. They want to make sure that all their I's are dotted and T's are crossed sort of thing before they offer a kid because the last thing they want is to have to pull that offer or make it uncommittable or, or whatever you want to say. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You, you see it. And and this is always the debate that's interesting to me. And then we'll get off this topic is so-and-so is offered by, we'll say Georgia, Alabama, whatever. And they commit somewhere else, whether it's North Carolina or even NC state or another school. And then fans of said school say, Oh, well they won. They won that recruiting battle over such and such school. And then members of that school say, well, that offer wasn't even committable. They yeah. didn't really want him anyway. So yeah. it's always a debate. It It is interesting to me, though, the management of it. And I know North Carolina, Patrick Sotis at Carolina, you know, and everybody else on Mac staff, it is a complete organization type deal where they have to keep up with all that and make it work and make it fit within the guidelines and do it in some way. And I don't like to say the Carolina way or the right way or whatever, but do it in the way that suits the staff and suits everybody in the Kenyon Football Center. And then guys like Don Callahan have to follow it and keep up with it and um, do an excellent job. Let me ask you about your mock class specifically. Clearly, you've got the recruits in there. Um, Don't want to spoil it for everybody. They can go check it out. But if I'm looking at this mock class, and I understand the discussions. Some people have looked at it and said they, you know, it lacks star power or whatever. But of all the people that you've mocked to this draft or to mock to UNC that aren't already committed, give me one or two of the biggest names on there that perhaps folks um, in two or three years will be extremely pleased that committed to North Carolina and attended North Carolina. Well, the number one guy is is Alex Taylor. And that's the one I probably feel the least confident about. And I talked about this in the scoop. And that's, I mean, it's it's a battle with Clemson and NC State's in there too. It's going to come down to those three schools. 
I think if he doesn't go to Clemson, it will be North Carolina. But I mean, I'm not going to rule out NC State at all. You know, I know that that's what some of the fans probably would like for me to do. But my my thinking is is that's that that the order is Clemson, North Carolina at this point. Um, and I think, and this goes into a little bit of I'm not only projecting Taylor, but I got to project kind of what ha- what transpires. You know, in talking to some people, you know, Taylor is not number one on Clemson's receiver board. You know, Taylor might be North Carolina's number number one recruit overall. He's certainly he's certainly up there for sure. So I wonder how much of that eventually kind of plays into this. And then also, I mean, Clemson, I mean, they're recruiting a lot of big time receivers. And if those guys jump in the boat before Taylor, you know, we're talking about uncommittable offers and that could make Taylor's Clemson offer uncommittable, which makes this a UNC NC state battle. And as I kind of said, you know, I like North Carolina's chances in that situation. When you look, and this is an interesting dynamic, right? Cause everybody listening to this remembers uh, Trenton Simpson and yeah. he was all but gift wrapped to North Carolina. Um, basically, and, basically committed. Yeah, Mac and the crew did everything possible to get this guy to Chapel Hill. He was not number one on Clemson's board. No. He was not, you know, not anywhere. In it, very similar situation. I, I think Trenton Simpson probably better than, certainly better than Alex Taylor, relatively speaking. How big a deal is it for guys to not be that high on somebody's recruiting board but it still be a school that they'd like to go to. I mean, it seems to me, I, I'm not going to be your second fiddle, right? <laughs> if you don't want me today, then I'm not going to you tomorrow when you lose out. Well, but let's, all right, so let's let's take this example. So let's just say you're going, you you're graduating high school, right? Graduating high school, you get accepted to NC State, but you get put on the waiting list at North Carolina. Okay. What do you like? What do you do? And then what if I don't know, you know, close to the time where you have to make a decision, UNC says, hey, we got a spot for you. What- That's certainly a valid discussion. And, <laughs> and, and, and my old self now would probably tell Carolina to stick it. <laughs> but as a high school guy, I certainly yeah. see your point. Yeah. And, and that's what happens a lot. I mean, that's what happened with Trenton. And yeah. and so that's the situation. It that definitely. No, but. But to kind of your to your point, there are definitely are situations where the schools who quote unquote believed in the kid first are the ones who get benefits from that. Mm-hmm. There are definitely recruits who will stick to that school, give them the first offer, and that school definitely has the advantage, and and obviously can build build a little bit of a lead. And there have been situations, you know, I think, you know, looking at um, what's his name, uh, Kevin Concepcion last class. In North Carolina, NC State offered him, I think it was like six months before UNC. And I knew, I know he really wanted a UNC offer really, really bad. Got the offer. He admitted that when UNC offered that, you know, hey, you know, he was a little pissed off about it. And I think that played a factor. Now, there's some other things too that, that were in there with uh, KC and NC State. But I do think that, you know, to your point, that that does happen where, you know, you being the being, you know, the second choice impacts things. 
Now with Taylor, I don't know. This doesn't really apply to Taylor. I know that you're not really applying to Taylor, but um, but yeah, I mean, and and for Trenton Simpson, obviously it didn't matter because if I remember correctly, he went and visited Clemson the weekend before the December signing period, and that's when they offered. Mm-hmm. And the weekend prior, he had, I believe, officially visited North Carolina and had basically committed to the Tar Heels. When so. you look at when you look at early offers, and a lot of these offers in this current class are early. Um, you know, we've talked about guys committed that the quarterback Murdinger and guys like that don't don't have a ton of other offers or high level offers at the time. How important is it to be first or one of the first? I think if if in a vacuum, it definitely is beneficial, which is why we have so many uncommittable offers because a lot of these schools love to offer these kids super early on, especially if they're out of state, you know, South Carolina does this where they'll offer a, and a North Carolina kid really, really, really early. And if that kid continues to progress the way they think they'll continue to recruit them. But if that kid hasn't, you know, his body doesn't mature like it's supposed to, or whatever it may be, they'll just stop talking to him sort of thing. That definitely happens. So, um, so yeah, so, I mean, I think in a vacuum, it does, it does help you if you are the first one to offer. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, somebody has got to be first. And, uh, so last question about this, and then we'll take a break, talk about giant t-shirt, but how does, and obviously this varies and it probably varies largely depending on how, um, good or how projectively good the player is supposed to be, but somebody commits to a school early, say in their junior year, whatever's going on now for the 2024 class. How, how does that affect uh, future offers from other schools or, or school and, and use North Carolina, you know, if you can and can do it accurately. I mean, Joe linebacker commits somewhere else his junior year. Um, he's committed. He says all the right things. Well, we actually could probably use a linebacker. Um, from the not too distant past, but anyway, and then other schools either back off and don't go after them or they pursue them. I mean, that all depends on how good the guy is. Right. Yeah. And how, how does North Carolina approach um, or other schools approach committed guys when it comes to dishing out later offers? So it depends on the situation. You know, UNC offered a bunch of ECU commits and landed all of them, you know, so obviously, you know, um, I think really it comes down to the recruit. You know, it's kind of like when you're dating a girl, if she's making herself known that that she's available, other guys are going to kind of swoop in and, and try to talk to her. And she has a choice of saying, hey, no, I, I'm taken. Or, you know, yeah, let's go get some ice cream. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. what, what, what happens with recruits too. You know, it's kind of on the recruit. I mean, I think, I mean, no coach is going to continue to pursue a recruit who says, hey, I'm not interested. I'm committed. You know what I mean? Or you just stop answering your phone. Stop responding to text messages. The coach is going to realize that they're wasting their time. You know what I mean? So I think it really kind of is on the recruit. You know, North Carolina, I think I think every school is just going to recruit whoever is truly not committed, whether they are committed on their 24-7 profile or not. And so if a kid 
is kind of put it out there like, hey, I'm going to listen, then I think North Carolina's going to recruit them. And I think that's the way you got to go about it. And I think every other school is going to take that approach, if not a more aggressive approach. What's the one guy recruit? What's the one thing a, a committed recruit can do to get people to leave him alone? Is that even possible in this yeah, day? And I, age? I think, it, yeah. I mean, I think, well, you tell your high school coach because your high school coach in a lot of instances is, is the first front of uh, first line of communication. Um, you tell your high school coach and, and put it out on social media. Hey, I'm firmly committed, you know, appreciate any sort of inquiries, but I'm, I'm done to, I'm committed to North Carolina and that's where I'm going to, I'm going to be. It's an interesting take. Uh, yeah. I couldn't imagine um, these guys getting multiple phone calls, text calls all the time from different guys. And I know a lot of recruits talk about they wanted to commit and get it over with. And it just doesn't always work that way, especially if you're posting pretty pictures on social media, you're going to get callbacks and people continue to be interested. Uh, Buck Sanders says, shout out to the haircut, Don. Uh, Buck, I, I I have a haircut. Um, I actually, this is fresh, fresh haircut. You, uh, you, I, I don't know if you, I can show you're you. You're starting to gray up all around now. I mean, Dude, you're not going to have the, uh, the skunk patch. Well, you know what the skunk patch is from, right? It's a birthmark, right? No, I, I run really fast. Oh. <laughs> and so I made that. I, I, I accidentally dipped my head down and, you know. <laughs> I've seen you run, and and I saw you jog across the field on that open practice. It would take you running through a wall of wet paint to get that <laughs> on your head. Or, let's talk about Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. Sponsors of the podcast, sponsors of Inside Carolina, and great friends Inside Carolina premium subscribers. Go visit them on Franklin Street. The students and all are moving out um, of Chapel Hill. So if you're in town, whether it's for the NC State Baseball Series, which will be huge this weekend, or if you're just up there summer visiting with your family, make sure you go by there and pick up some swag um, for Johnny T-shirt and, and support them in, in store on East Franklin Street or support them online. They'll deliver it straight to your door. They are the nicest folks you can imagine, and, and they certainly will treat you right. And you tell them you you part of Inside Carolina and you give them the code, you can get on the message boards, and they'll give you 10% off. Can't beat it. Free money. Nobody turns down free money. Never. And 10% off is certainly free money if you're a member of Inside Carolina Premium Message Boards. National people will pay the bills on the audio side. This is The Scoop with Don Callahan and Tommy Ashley. All right, Don, let's move. Anything left on your Scoop? Well, why don't we, well, this reminder, top five. It's come, I'm ready to get to it. Top five what? actors. And, um, and and that this this podcast is dedicated to Alan Minton. Alan Minton, and Alan is still not here, is he Let not? Me, uh, I haven't seen him yet. Yeah, I see I mean, Mark Kenton, and he says Happy Birthday, DC. Mark yeah. is my birthday. It's not Don's. <laughs> He's had his day. Let me throw up a couple of these chats. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Let's questions. questions. Chat. Yep. Preston from Greensboro, a regular, a a. Preston, if you had a place in the Outer Banks, um, I'd go see you as well. Uh, Don, do you get more accurate vibes in general from players themselves or coaches or family members? You talk to a ton of people, a ton of uh, circles when you're dealing with these recruits. Who gives you the best vibes and the most honest vibes? So um, that's a really, really, really good uh, question. I would say, and obviously it's a case-by-case, case, but in general – coaches are usually pretty honest now obviously it's all off the record but they're usually pretty honest 
And then, and then I, I would say second would be the parents, you know, um, and then the players, some of them will just be like, Hey, this is between you and I, but a lot of them really are secretive kind of keep stuff quiet sort of thing. And even some of them are, you know, they're just so they don't want to let the cat out of the bag at all. So they're very, very care careful with any sort of feelings that they have. But, you know, parents usually are, are pretty much like, hey, yeah, you know, you know, we're feeling good about North Carolina or whatever. But the high school coaches are usually like, all right, here's the here's the real schools that are involved here. So so that, you know. Second question, Bodie Cahoon's. Oops, let's get it up here. Tyler Woods. Does Cahoon's ties to lacrosse coach help North Carolina, or is he headed elsewhere? I, I would assume that any familiarity, um, unless there's some negative version of that or a bad taste in somebody's mouth, certainly helps whichever school is recruiting whichever recruit. Is that the case here? In yeah, absolutely. Hurdies? Yeah, and, and his intentions are to at least try to play both sports, but he understands that it's not – it's probably not going to happen so he's pretty realistic about that but the lacrosse angle will certainly play a role in it and like i said i mean i could any combination of those three linebackers would not shock me at all for north carolina and you know Bodie's going to get a, a great chance because he has his official visit early in the in the month in early june i don't I haven't seen whether he had the official visits scheduled elsewhere. He has some stiff competition. You know, he's committed to Ohio State for lacrosse, although I don't think they're recruiting him for football, which probably excludes them. Notre Dame is really in there. I think Notre Dame kind of intrigues me. That's what kind of made me hesitant to put him in there. You know, he's visited Notre Dame a couple of different times, including most recently. And I'm a big, and we'll talk about this on an upcoming podcast, but I'm really big on the um, the layouts of or how the official visits fall and i feel like for most recruitments you want to kind of get that last weekend is most beneficial now some kids where you kind of feel like they're done with the process they want to get it over with you want to kind of get one of the earlier ones where the kids were really impressionable you want to get one of the earlier ones so it scares me a little bit that unc has that early official with bodie and then potentially could visit Notre Dame later on in the month is a little scary. And there's some other programs that are in there too that that uh, could be threatening to North Carolina. I, off the top of my head, um, don't have them. Let me. This is interesting. Official visits. Obviously, there's a rhyme and a reason to how they're doing. You just mentioned that. Um, I know it's case by case. Don't tell me that. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're all day to day. Uh, when I see an athlete listed as day to day, I say, aren't we all? My question to you about official visits is first or last or middle, does it matter the most for most prospects? I mean, kids are impressionable, and we've seen guys go on official visits. You know, one weekend they're in Chapel Hill, it's the greatest thing ever. The next weekend they're in Tuscaloosa, and oh, that's the greatest thing ever. And next week they're in Happy Valley, and that was unbelievable. I mean, do schools want to be first or last, or is last usually the spot um, that most angle for, given, you know, obviously case-by-case -case basis? Before I get to your question, so Calhoun also wants to visit Notre Dame, Tennessee, and Virginia Tech. Obviously, Virginia Tech's really close. Tennessee is Tennessee, and then Notre Dame. But all right, so to answer your question, so I think if you don't know anything about the recruit, 
and you got to pick a weekend, you want that last weekend. You want the last at bat. You want to be able to know what all the other programs kind of threw at him, what impressed him. You want to read those stories after the official visits to see what kind of caught his eye. And you want to be able to combat that or take advantage of that information. But um, not to say, I, I mean, it is in general, it is case by case. I think this is where you really need to know the recruit and know if they're a guy that who's going to take all their officials or if they're a guy who could decide earlier. And so that this is where this is kind of the nitty gritty of recruiting that really doesn't get talked about a whole lot. It's a strategy part of it. But like I said, I think most you most of them, you want that last one. But there are situations for sure where you want an earlier one ish or maybe I mean, there could be situations where you're like, OK, this kid needs to get this visit out of his system. Let's get the second visit. I mean, I can see scenarios like that also. Yeah, I mean, if most of the time for these guys, uh, the highest rated recruits obviously are used to it. But most of the time, um, you know, you take the lid off and kid gets an official visit somewhere and it's something they've never experienced before. Yeah. And so that first impression is well, oftentimes and, a good one. And then, and then two, some kids don't realize that these official visits are super impressive, super exciting. You get to eat a lot at all of them. So they go in that first one and they're like, whoa, no other school can be like this. Not realizing that every other school is going to stuff you with food, really, really, really good food. You're going to have, um, you're going to hang out with some pretty females. You're going to have a great time going to a bunch of college parties with your host. Your parents are going to be blown away by what they show them. They're not going to show them the bad stuff about their academics or their campus. They're going to show them all the good things. So yeah, every, I mean, every official visit is, is positive. So definitely you want to make sure you take at least more than one. I, uh, I never went on an official visit ever in my life, but I was, um, let's just say there when some people were taking their official visits back in my college days, uh, uh it's quite interesting. Um, <laughs> and that was a long, long time ago. Um, so I'm sure things, some things I'm sure have stayed the same. Some have um, probably gotten a little better, a little cleaner and a little, uh, more fancy or, or whatnot. Don, any other questions about mock before we move on? Um, we're working on, well, let, let me ask you the question, and this is something that people ask on the message board, so I bring it up here, and you've seen I've started in the chat. I'm going to bring it up. I mean, it's sort of an elephant in the room. Has Mac made a decision not to target high-profile, high-star rating players for some reason? Talking about podcasts, ask that question. That, uh, that's generally the number one question on the message boards, or where are the four and five stars on the recruiting boards? Can you just sort of speak to to that a little bit um, in discussing how this class and how this, these cycles have shaken out. Yeah. So Mac is definitely, Mac doesn't No coaching staff goes and uses 24 seven sports rankings or any, any publicly available rankings to shape their recruiting board. They make their own evaluations. They are definitely aware of the rankings and to different degrees, they care about the rankings. I have gotten plenty of pushback from different rankings here and there that I'm not even involved with. I'm, I don't do anything with, well, I don't do the actual rankings. Um, I'm more of a lobbyist than anything else. But anyway, um, they do their own evaluations. They have their own criteria. They have, you know, 
they have their own system on how they do things. They have their own, you know, whose voices are more important than others sort of thing. Um, but, and so they definitely would not say, all right, any of these guys are four stars or five stars. Let's take them off our board. They, no one does that. That, that wouldn't make any sense. I think that, I think this is probably where NIL stuff might be more of an impact because to me, and we're still learning a lot about the NIL stuff, and there's not a whole lot of like hard facts. It's a lot of hearsay, a lot of, you know, I heard this, this person's getting this, this, they're paying for this, that, that sort of thing. But um, I would imagine that the higher you go up the rankings, the more likely that recruit is could receive a good amount of money, whether they want to or not. You know, I was reading something about how Arch Manning, his coaches are saying that he does not have an NIL deal. Now, Arch Manning's a very special situation. His, his family has plenty of money. Um, but I think that the higher up you get in the rankings, the the better of a chance that you have at getting some NIL. You know, I, I don't I don't think a whole lot of people are getting a lot of money, but um, I don't think as many people that people think are getting money are getting money. But I would imagine if you're a five-star guy, you definitely could demand some money if, if that's what you wanted to do. Um, and I think, you know, certainly some four-stars could too also. So that that's kind of a factor here. The other thing is, is you know, and we've talked about this before, you know, the, the, the buzz, the, the, the glimmer has kind of wore off a bit, you know, um, and, and that's, that's a factor. You know, that's why North Carolina is, you know, couple years ago you know north carolina went head to head with clemson for andre green and you know there were there were for a good for the latter portion of it you know um unc was probably viewed as a leader there although i mean clemson definitely gave unc a run for the money and it probably wasn't 100 percent north carolina to the very end now we have we just talked about alex taylor it's a little bit different you know as far as you know it certainly feels like taylor today would probably put Clemson. And some of that is the fact that the, just the perception of the, the direction of UNC's program and Clemson's program. I mean, that's, that's what I hear. Now, one of the things that's always, that's been brought up on the message boards is max age. And I'm going to be honest. I haven't had anyone bring that up to me. I just have it. You know, no parents. I mean, typically I ha- I'll have a parent if there's an issue, like when when, and I know we don't want to bring up, we're not going to go into detail, but when the NCAA stuff was going on, I had multiple parents say, hey, can I talk to you just between you and I? And I'm like, all right, sure. And they would ask me, what am I hearing about the NCAA stuff? And there's other situations that have happened in North Carolina where I've had a parent or a, or a high school coach kind of talk to me off the record and ask me about. I, that has not happened to me with Mac Brown. I have not had someone say, hey, Mac's getting up there in age. When do you think he's going to leave? It has not happened to me. So can I say with 100% certainty that it's not a factor? No. But I just don't – I'm not seeing that as, an, as a, a factor. What I'm seeing is, is you know, um, on a high level, some of the NIL stuff. And then I think, you know, the past two seasons, the perception hasn't been that they ended well, um, regardless of how many wins that were in the win column. Interesting points right there. Um, probably the most interesting points of the entire show there. One, perception, whether or not it's the reality – is the reality for yeah. for folks not completely zoned in and dialed in to what's going on 
And then you mentioned the age factor. I mean, 70-some is the new 50-some. I know 52 for me is the new 30. Um, <laughs> at least that's what I tell myself every day. So maybe maybe 70-something is the new 50-something. It, it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, the bottom line is people are judged on wins and losses, not on recruiting classes. They help and all, but ultimately the judgment comes on wins and losses. Carolina won nine last year. Carolina needs to win nine or more, uh, I would wager, this year. Um, to, to at least keep that perception from becoming, um, you know, turning down even further. Anyway, fantastic discussion, Don. I'll give you props for bringing up that because that is one thing we've heard on the message boards a lot is the age factor. And, and you know, you would know folks ask you all the time questions and that nobody's asking about that. So anyway. Are we ready for the top five? It is 10 minutes to one on Wednesday, May 10th. Yeah. I think I was born like at two o'clock or something. I'm not sure. So it's almost. You sure you weren't birthday. hatched? Um, hatched, um, extricated, um, dug up, whatever you want to call. I was the third of three. So mm. I just kind of, I just kind of showed up. So you're the youngest. By far. Oh, wow. Ten, ten years younger than. Oh, okay. I lost one brother, but 10 years younger than my living brother. And mm. I was 11 years younger than my oldest brother. But yeah, so wow. I'm the okay. baby of the bunch. Hard to believe. Anyway, not about me. It's about Don Callahan <laughs> and the scoop. Don, we, top five actors. Hey, I want you to keep an eye open for who could be the MVP of this chat. Well, oh. Buck had it until he mentioned that my hair had seen its day. Ah, so, um, yeah. So do we want to, I saw that there was one in here, I think. I might go with a regular. Cause I think one of the valid questions was this one. Okay. I kind of like I, that. I'm question. a big, I'm a big, I'm a big Preston fan. Well, Preston also has a top five. Do you want to read his first? And if anyone else has a top five, they need to mention it. We are talking top five actors. Um, and quite frankly, when when you hear the word actor, I see another one. Okay. When when you have uh, when you have top five actors that um, most folks think male actors, it could be female actors. It doesn't matter. Well, I um, went I went male. You went straight male. So did I. I but I've I've got some. I mean, Margot well, we Robbie do, is my we could number do, one. We could do <laughs> we could do actresses. Well, there everybody's an actor now, Don. You need to get with it, uh, brother. Uh, well, anyway, I'm let's trying to give more people shine you know what i mean let's go preston's top five and preston uh, you're in the uh in the shotgun seat for a uh, poster of the week mvp but bruce willis eh. shout out to him that's an awful disease yeah, he's and stuff, yeah. Uh, will ferrell sometimes peter sellers i'm gonna show my ignorance who is that yeah i, I was gonna ask you that too all right clint eastwood yeah one of my favorite Clint Eastwood lines, and I'm paraphrasing from Unforgiven, anybody don't want to die, but it just head on out back. That's a great line in a movie. And then Ross's dad on his honeymoon tape, I just threw up my mouth a little bit. <laughs> um, so we're going to skip over that one. All right, top five. Who, <laughs> give me yours. Well, there's one more. I saw one more. Um, okay, yeah, there Sean. it is. Yeah. Sean Crowley goes, Nicholson, Gene Hackman, Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman, and Robert De Niro. All right. So you want my five? Yep. Or do you want you you want to get yours first? You can go. To, you can do yours. We can do All it right. together. All right. So my starting with number five, I went Johnny Depp, four Leonardo DiCaprio, 
three, Samuel L. Jackson, who's actually my personal all-time favorite. But I put him three because I feel like these other two actors are better actors. Number two, Brian Cranston. And number one, Tom Hanks. I think Tom Hanks is absolutely amazing. He, he literally every movie, he makes you forget he's Tom Hanks in that movie. Every single movie I've ever seen him. And even the most boring plots. Like if you think about Castaway. That's a boring ass plot. Plot. It was that movie was great. That movie was great, and it was great because of him. That's accurate. That yeah. You know, you, you almost make me want to change some of mine. And the ridiculous. We could have done top ten. That's and, why we uh, got to do actors, actresses. We could do yep. actresses next week if we want. So so, I'm gonna go. Uh, I guess I got to do them in order. And yeah. This is a shout out. To Mac, if you're listening, or the other people up there, if you're listening, Matthew McConaughey is my number one. Okay. Love that dude. All and right. I would love to have him on this podcast to, to talk about, um, you know, Mac and Texas football and Carolina, any of that stuff. And, and of course, Mac. Make it happen. And Jack Ingram and McConaughey had their fundraising thing a couple of weeks ago, which was pretty cool. Folks can go check that out and see what that was all about. But. I just finished up True Detective, watching that again with uh, my youngest son. He wanted to watch it. Just awesome. And, and then, you know, you got Dazed and Confused. You got Mud, which is one of my personal favorite movies. Um, Dallas Buyers Club. Any of those types. Dallas Buyers movies. Club is really good. And he, yeah. had, and he had to lose a lot of weight for that, which is blows my mind. But Yeah. And then, you know, some of the other stuff, there's some cute rom-coms on there that he's done and all. But. I mean, I could go on and on about that guy. He, he's one of my man crushes. Johnny Depp is another one of my man crushes. Yeah. He is, uh, of course, I love pirates. You can't see the wall, but it's it's a pirate theme in here. Well, the, the cool thing about oh, him, yeah, too. Yeah. There you go, Blackbeard, see? The cool thing about him is that he studied silent films because he felt like that was true actors, where you, you didn't have to get across what you're trying to get across through words. You could just through your facial expression. I think that's amazing and plus he's one of those nutso people who is kind of like just a genius sort of thing yeah i, I think you got to be a little weird yes you, you got to be a little weird to be an actor and then i'm gonna go denzel uh okay i mean unbelievable one of the best denzel movies i've seen and it's off the radars fences and we were talking about okay. baseball movies i guess technically that's a baseball movie just a great movie and of course all the rest and then if you want to go straight um you know testosterone you go training day with him yeah but just a ton of things morgan freeman yeah i mean you got to get busy living or get busy dying don <laughs> you got to do one or the other um and it's crazy to me how so many people hadn't seen that movie and then i was kind of torn on a uh, on a fifth one um you know people mentioned clint eastwood he's up there robert de niro he's up there and i'm blanking on who my fifth one actually was right at the moment because i didn't write them down but the bottom line is, was it Tom is, Hanks? No, but you you make a good call. You know, good. De Niro like, was my first one out. I I really like De Niro. Yeah, but I mean, but I feel like he plays the same part. But I mean, he does a good job with it. But yeah, and um, Pacino, uh, Advocates Devil or Devil's Advocate, one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. Um, so many great lines. I'll tell you a sneaky good actor that I liked, and he wasn't in, not in a movie but in series for me was justified and that's Oliphant. Have you ever watched justified? I asked I you that not. before. No, you have Man. not justified. What is it? Tell me about it. It is a, 
a series, uh, maybe it's on Prime or some one of the things. It's several years. He's a U.S. Marshal, okay, um, who lives on the edge of of whatever. And the writing, and it, and it's in BFE Kentucky, set down in the hollers and all that stuff. And the writing and the hillbilliness and the countryness, it is fabulous. And he is hilarious. And uh, so is it what is it a drama or is it a comedy? What is it? It's funny, but it's drama, law enforcement, okay. and all that kind of stuff. And then Preston mentioned Deadwood. I haven't watched it. I need to so, watch it. But yeah. yeah, so I did. I watched the first season of Deadwood. The I like it, but the hard thing is, is they they use very very. Um, I don't know if broken English is the word, but like you almost need it's all English, but but because they talk so. See, I'm from down here though. I'm down. I'm I'm from around here, you know. Well, I need I need subtitles, but I'm gonna put. I have justified down. I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna get it, and I'm gonna judge you, Tommy. If you come through, then I'm going to definitely be asking you for more recommendations. But if you fail me, well, then... it is fabulous to okay. me, and uh, you know, it's like everything else. Some series is, or some seasons are better than mo others, but I mean, it is hilarious and it, it look if you had trouble with deadwood you probably going there's some i don't want to say you know <laughs> what they call us down here but there's some hillbillies down there um <laughs> on that show and it is it is so funny to me but yeah denzel morgan freeman of course pillars uh, johnny depp matthew mcconaughey have always been my favorites i mean you name tom hanks who's probably one of the best of our time i, yeah. I mean your point, and this is one of the best points you've made since I've been talking to you, and this is not just podcast-wise, is that he makes you forget that it's Tom Hanks. Yeah. That, and uh, that's I a mean, pretty awesome compliment. Yeah, I mean, every, everything. I mean, I, I will – there was a couple new ones that came out that I'm going to – oh, the – the was it? All, Man Came Auto, which seems stupid, but I'm going to watch it just because Tom Hanks is good and everything. Um, but, like, even that Mr. Rogers movie, yeah. he, was, he was awesome, you know, so – I haven't watched that one because I, I can only think of Mr. Robinson and Eddie Murphy. On <laughs> so, anyway, anything left, Don? We're easing up on the one o'clock hour. We need to let folks get back to work here on a Wednesday. No, um, just uh, I wish, um, what's his name? Alan would have came in, you know, collected his his um, imaginary MVP, his imaginary MVP award. We could we could have gave it to him or give it to him um but it is what it is yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun time as you and i talk about this top five actresses next week or top five uh streaming series next week where do you want to go let's 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 do streaming series okay top five streaming series folks we're, gonna, we're, we're probably board. gonna need a definition but um but we can just we can figure that out for next it's gotta week. have more than one season but but do you consider like Breaking Bad as that streaming? Because that was actually on AMC yeah. first. I would count. I would count Breaking Bad. I'd count The Wire. Okay. I'd count uh, you know Walking Dead if that's your thing. Um, okay. Any of those Justified if that's your thing. So yeah, it's it's just the rule is it has to be more than one season, um, and it streaming at some point. So okay, all right, we'll, we'll do it. That'll be on May 17th at noon on Wednesday. Last thing I, before we go, next week's show will be Noon Dish. 
with Don. Noon Dish with Don noon and Tommy. Don Callahan. And oh, Tommy. About me. It's, it's going to be Noon Dish. So we're going to go from dessert with the scoops to the main course for your Noon Dish on Inside Carolina and InsideCarolina.com. Check us out there. Shout out to everybody that's been here. Shout out to Buck Sanders for joining us. Buck, good to see you in here. Need to get on the golf course again. Buck is making sure that we're doing our job, that we're not hey. just turning it on and, and going to sleep. I love that guy. He is a, it was a blast playing golf with him and that crowd several weeks ago. Need to do it again, but that'll do it for this episode. Shout out to Johnny T-shirt, Johnny T-shirt.com. Check out the message boards. Check out Don's mock class 1.0 on the Tar Pit premium message board. And as always, rate us, review, like, subscribe, whatever. I want feedback. If you like the show, tell us about it. If you like portions or none, tell us about it. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, and we'll get it done, folks. That's what we do. We aim to please on Wednesdays at noon with the noon dish. Thanks, Don. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs>